Spooky's back. All right. This is a little spooky podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you're scrolling through TikTok and you come across an old theme song to a childhood cartoon that you've never even thought of for like 15 years, and it starts unlocking weird childhood memories. Time is meaningless. Life is short. My name is Everett. My name is Colleen, and we're back, baby. Sorry about our short absence. We had a crazy week last week. Let's just summarize our week in two words. Get vaccinated. Yes. Just get your vaccine, everyone. We'll leave it at that. Yes. But other than that, I feel like we've, even though we've been busy, like it's not like a whole lot has happened recently. I'm trying to think of like what's new with us, right? And all I can think of is that I cut myself while shaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We started watching Midnight Mass a couple nights ago. Very good. Yes. And as a former Catholic schoolgirl, the mass scenes just bring you right back. <laughs> just bring you right back. They just bring you right back to Tuesday morning mass in elementary school. And our dog pooped on the floor. That's all More that's really once. new with us. Yeah. So you didn't miss anything <laughs> at all. But we're we're going to redeem ourselves. I hope this episode makes up for the lost week. So what are we talking about? Can you think of anything spookier than the American <laughs> government during the Cold War? Maybe the Russian government during the Cold War. Ah, uh, that is mm. a very good point. At the very least, I would say they're probably equally spooky. Gotta make those nukes and... Threaten each other all the time with them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, today we are talking about a recently declassified CIA experiment that occurred between 1975 and 1995. And I believe it was 2017 when the, the project became fully declassified. About 13 million pages of information were released about this project. It is not as sinister as MKUltra, which I will do an episode on at some point, probably more than one episode. There's just so much to talk about. This project did not have unsuspecting subjects. Sure. But they the, weren't captured and drugged. And right. There's no capturing, no drugging. But the concept itself is bizarre and spooky. Okay. We are going to be talking about Project Stargate. So it's the mid-1970s. We're at the height of the Cold War. America's trying to get ahead of the Soviets from weapons to technology to the space race. And it's our goal not to just be the best but we also have to be the first because we're America. And how else will we win? Exactly. So what can set the U.S. apart from the rest of the world other than like way too many nuclear weapons? Mm, Colonizing the moon. Um, Yes, that would do it. But I'm talking about during the 1970s. And the answer is being able to harness and weaponize psychic abilities. Yeah. That would work, too. Yeah, it totally would. It would definitely make colonizing the moon easier, I think, if we were to able, able to weaponize our thoughts. Well, the CIA definitely thought it was possible. And from the early 70s to the mid-90s, they and the U.S. military ran a study focused on psychic phenomena 
and they were trying to figure out how they could weaponize psychic powers for national security. It's like a failed novelist just got into the CIA somehow and is just putting their ideas into their studies. I mean, it's a little like it's that bizarre. I don't think the majority of the government took this project particularly seriously. But the program itself were in for 20 solid years. And not only that, but the military did actually utilize the subjects of this program for hundreds of intelligence operations. Mm. So clearly they thought it was effective enough to Or they were just trying to get a bigger sample size for their actual studies. Well, no. During the program, there were actually only ever 22 subjects. Right, but I mean like more like opportunities to test them. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. Right. And I'll explain some of those. But what's interesting is the final report that wraps up this project and the evidence that came out of those military operations that these subjects were part of kind of suggests that psychic phenomena is real. And they kind of say as much in the final report. Yes and no. Sure. They outwardly say this is useless and didn't prove anything, but they also underlyingly say we can't explain what happened. Kind of like the UFO report. Exactly. So in 2017, they released 13 million pages of declassified documents covering this project. So you read through all of that for this episode. I was just going to give you a caveat. This is a long and twisted story, and I'm giving you the very high-level outline. And I focused mostly on the parts that are more interesting rather than the, like, technical. Then the project got handed to the Central Intelligence Agency, and from there it was handed to the National Security. Like, it switched hands. It had different names. I'm giving you the gist of the, the project. What is the meaning of Stargate? So... That I'm not sure. And actually, the project itself had several names. Stargate was just the name it had when the project closed officially. I think at one point when the military had it, it was called like Project Grill Flame. And then there was like another <laughs> Flavor one. Flavor Town. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. You would have to ask somebody who names these projects what their thought process is. But it's known as Stargate because that was its final name. What would you name it? Ooh. I think I would name it like I I imagine this had to go through a lot of hurdles to even get started. So like I imagine there's like some big boss, like middle management type guy named Steve that says, no, you can't do it. But then when I got funded, I'm like, I'm going to name it Project Fuck You, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything. Might as well be Stargate. We're talking about psychics here. It's a bizarre story. So let's get into it. First off. We know that the American government is not particularly rational at all times. But what would make them think that studying psychic abilities would be a good way to spend time and money when you're in the midst of a Cold War? Well, in 1972, a classified report by American intelligence communities claimed that the Soviet Union was spending a lot of time and money studying ESP and psychokinesis. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if the Soviets are doing it, we have to do it and we have to do it faster and better. But we wouldn't have even thought of it unless the crazy Russians 
had started doing it first. Can you tell me what is the difference between telekinesis and psychokinesis? I can't. Oh. I can't tell you the difference because I, mean, I honestly don't okay. know. Well, I mean, obviously telekinesis is just moving stuff with your mind. So I'm wondering if psychokinesis is like the same thing or if it's like just related. I don't know. I mean, ESP is just extrasensory perception. I'm wondering if they're just, if it's just a blanket term for... Kinesis? Like using your brain to do things other than oh. thinking. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure. Man, you're making me look bad on my episode. Side note, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, but like, wouldn't you be fascinated to get classified Cold War era Soviet documents to see what kind of crazy shit the Soviet Union was getting into Not during the Cold War? Not to read 13 million pages of it. That's crazy. Yeah, but don't you think that would be like, we had MKUltra, we had this weird project, like how weird do you think Soviet projects got? They had to get pretty freaky. I'm sure they had a lot of test subjects from all the people that were thrown into the gulag. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. they were just like really good manipulating U.S. intelligence. And they all like told them that they were studying this and then went back to their. They're spending their money on stupid shit. Yeah. And they all just sat around drinking their vodka and keeping warm. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Anyways, three years later. The CIA sets up its own top secret research at the Stanford Research Institute in California. They were particularly interested in a phenomenon called remote viewing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Yes. It's like being able to witness something that is definitely not in your area. Yeah. Or, or at least witness portions of it. And I have seen some like types of like true TV or like Discovery Channel type documentaries where they have like one of these people that can claim to do remote viewing and help with like a police investigation mm -hmm. to find a victim of a cold case or something. Right. So, I mean, you could see why this would be useful to the military. Like you wouldn't have to spend money and time and lives on recon missions if you could just get somebody to remotely be able to view in and see what the situation is, or you could have somebody listening in on secret conversations without having to use technology yeah, or it's spies. Almost like, it's almost like a drone, but more stupid. Yeah, it's like a dumb <laughs> drone. <laughs> so from there, from the remote viewing, they wanted to see if there was a way to train the average person into being able to access their psychic abilities. So that ideally they could take military personnel that are already trained mm -hmm. and turn them into psychics rather than taking a psychic and turning them into military personnel, which I mean, it seems kind of backwards. I feel like it'd be no. easier to take a psychic and turn them into a soldier than to take yeah, a soldier and turn them into a psychic. You don't know their true intentions. If you That's true. That That's true. I don't know. It's like you can teach a singer to dance, but you can't really teach a dancer to sing unless they already were a singer. Now I'm saying. I do now you're saying, but I do have to say I agree if this were true. I do agree with that mentality of trying to teach sure. the average person how to do this rather than hope you have enough people in your country yeah. that do have the power to do it. Right. And I mean, they have security concerns that obviously I'm not taking into consideration. So later that year, the CIA recruited Yuri Geller. Mm. Do you recognize that name? Yes, I do. Well, for those who don't know. Yuri Geller is a former member of the Israeli military who also is a famous stage magician that claims to be telepathic and read minds. 
it's so weird that you brought him up because I was just watching a random YouTube video about him and other like psychic frauds a few weeks ago. He's a controversial figure. Yes. Because there are people who swear up and down that he's legit. And there have been instances of him being able to see things or do things that are unexplainable. But then there's other instances where he has been caught. He's he's just a stage magician that has good salesperson skills. That's really what he is. Well, you'll see. You will see. Mm-hmm. You might change your mind, maybe. Okay. maybe but, I don't know about Yuri Geller, though. Well, he's the, the impetus for this entire project. Oh, really? So That's you're going to need to get an open mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he was famous in his own right at this time in, like, the 1970s for doing stage shows, demonstrating, mm-hmm. like, cool magic tricks. He was most known for bending spoons with his mind. Right. I think in, there have been a couple cases where he was proved to have, like, been doing that fraudulently. Yeah. But he also claimed to be able to read minds and see the future It wasn't that he was doing magic tricks during these shows. It was more of like... um, It's that thing where, and I I don't remember the term for it, but it's like when you have like a group of people around you, like a bunch of people seated around you, like you are doing a show. It's like when a medium comes in. Exactly. And you're bringing up like, I I sense someone has had a recent death or something. And with a hundred people, chances are at least one person. Exactly. And then you're being very general about it. Well, he was not claiming to see dead people or access spirit But it's just that, it's that method. It's that kind, well, maybe. So you are really, really knocking down your yellow peg. You need to open your mind for this project. I am. Nope, you clearly are not. I am. He's not, let's assume at this time that he is a psychic. Yes. Okay. And he's real, real psychic. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's really reading people. <laughs> he's really reading people's minds. Okay? I, I, I'm accepting that, but I'm also accepting the fact that he is a fraud too. Well, I so mean, like, if you're you can selling, be, you can be a little both. True. Yes, maybe I mean, he was the, mostly a fraud with some extrasensory well, abilities. And look at all the baseball players that were really good, but then they also took steroids. It's like they're good, but they're also cheating. Okay, tone tone it down. <laughs> Yuri Geller, as of right now, psychic. Quite the feller. <laughs> Anyways, Yuri Geller, super interesting guy. Um, He claimed that at one point that his powers are extraterrestrial and he received his messages from outer space. But he was accurate enough that the government was intrigued enough to recruit him for this top secret project. Right. So he was able to fool the government if, in fact, he's a fraud. I choose to believe opposite. I will also say, though, that the government is not exactly like this omnipotent, <laughs> intelligent being. <laughs> no, but they being. have access to some of the smartest minds in the world. It's very true. Not yes. that they always use them. Correct. But So here's an example of, of what made the government interested in recruiting Yuri Geller. In a stage show he performed in 1970, he all of a sudden started acting really strange. Like, his show was going all well and good and smooth and normal until suddenly he claimed that his heart started racing really fast and he had to sit down as he's sitting down on stage he's like goes into a weird trance and then he comes out of it and he says he just had a premonition that the president of egypt has died and the audience sits there for a minute and then they all start leaving because if if a dude starts like collapsing and then claiming he saw a vision, that's the cheesiest shit ever. 
one, also, it's not like anyone had smartphones at the time where they can instantly check if he's any right. accurate at all. I think so, what happened was it was so dramatic and, like, cheesy. He probably tried to restart the show, and they were like, well, now it's ruined. Right. <laughs> so they all, like, tr- start trickling out. The show ends. Everyone leaves. They all go home to sit down and watch the news. And the top story is that the president of Egypt died of a heart attack earlier that night. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? A very odd coincidence. Right. So he had a few of these kinds of premonitions over time. And eventually, when the project was created, an American scientist approached Yuri and he said, the CIA would be pretty interested in your abilities. Would you be interested in working with us to study them? Right. And he said, sure. Cool. So the CIA signs off on getting Yuri Geller to the States. And he heads to California where he meets Kit Green who is the CIA analyst who oversees the whole project. So he was like... Oh, so the project was already started before they brought him on board? It was, yeah, it was created, but I don't know that they had started anything. I think he he kind of seemed like the... Catalyst. Yes, that's the word, the catalyst for the project. Sure. So they had the idea, they recruited him, but then from there it kind of spiraled. So the U.S. is doing this project specifically for the purposes of spying and national intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So how can they be sure that he didn't just accept this project as a way to get into the U.S. and gain mm-hmm. intelligence? He was a former Israeli military member. Very true. Well, the U.S. government had a foolproof plan for weeding out whether or not he was legit. When they arrived, or when he arrived, they scanned him for bugs. Standard protocol. Like like bugs, like electronic Electronic like devices, microphones. Bugs from Israel or prob- he was. They probably did both. You don't want to bring in any invasive species. <laughs> <laughs> but they scanned him. He, he was clean, probably on both fronts. Um, and then they had him perform a few of his tricks to prove that he was, in fact, legit. And you know how they were sure that he was not faking them out is they had hired a different stage magician to see if they could detect whether or not Yuri was using stage magic. Right. No, that's that's I forget his name, but I the thing I was watching a couple of weeks ago was about the other guy. OK. And how he hated Yuri Geller until the day <laughs> he died. Yeah. It's just it doesn't seem super watertight. Well, but but. I mean, no, it doesn't. But at the (laughs) same time, though, you got to think like when it comes to magicians, obviously there's tears of how difficult your illusions can be. Sure. But all in all, they're pretty much the same. So if you get another magician, you know, and be like, watch out for what he's doing. See if this is actually... Right. Real or if he's just doing tricks. Right. And that was their right. their thought process. So it, it does make sense. Right. Yuri Geller passes the test. Sure. And he officially becomes a subject of Project Stargate. You think he's getting paid to do this for them? Because he's not American, right? He's not American. And you know what? It I did not read I did read I, a lot about this. I, I did I not read imag- if he was paid. I imagine he was, yes. Yeah, he had to be compensated in some way, because yeah. why else would he care? 
Right. I mean, why would they keep him here if he was making money off stage shows? I don't know. So I would assume he was getting compensated in some way, whether with like. Not, not that it matters. I was just curious. because no. It's like, why is he going to America? Like, Right. I, I'm not sure. The scientists got to work testing Yuri's ESP abilities, and he did well enough that at the end of the entire project, the experimenters concluded that, quote, as a result of Geller's success in this experimental period, we consider that he has demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. Mm-hmm. So that's Stanford Research Institute scientists working for the CIA claiming that psychic abilities are potentially real. What do you think about that? How about them apples? I, I, I mean, that is definitely very impressive and food for thought i'm just wondering what the tests were we're gonna get into those mm -hmm. it's just it, to me if i was a, a, a top scientist working at a very prestigious research institution i wouldn't probably not want to get into psychic abilities for fear of becoming a laughing stock among the scientific community right so to me that that thought makes it a little bit more legitimate true but I'm sure there are other factors. But it, it's intriguing to me that with all of the studying they did, they concluded that there was something that they couldn't explain going on. And what school was that? Stanford in California. Mm. What? Their great scientific research history, the prison experiment oh. as well. and Well, they're scientific <laughs> enough. <laughs> I can tell you're not convinced I'm of not. Yuri Geller's. I'm open. Okay. So here are some of the experiments. And honestly, they seem a lot more simple than I would expect a CIA-funded science project to be. Can I guess one? Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like this is probably one of them. Is it where they have different shapes on cards and he has to figure out which shape is on each card? Um. Yes, they do that one. And they do that one with a bunch of other subjects. That right, because that's psychic. like the standard ESP type thing. Yes, that is one that they perform. But that's, I mean, I wasn't going to go through that one. Oh, okay. I don't have statistics about that one. Sure. But th these experiments are similar. Like I was expecting like measuring brain activity and wires and nodes and I mean, electrodes. I feel, like, and I feel like even in the 70s, there wasn't a whole lot of advancement with like right. neuroscience. Right, right. Anyways, like before they got time and money to spend on all of that sort of quote unquote scientific technology stuff, they have to prove that he is in fact psychic to right. make it worth it. So the first experiment they have him do involves dice. They had a box with a single dice in it. Okay. Like Yuri, six sided dice. Six sided regular okay. game dice. Yuri was unable to see the dice because it was in a box. But the scientists obviously could because they were rolling it. Mm -hmm. His job was to tell the scientists what number the dice had rolled to. Sure. Yeah. Well, he guessed correctly eight times in a row. Interesting. Which is a one in a million yeah, odds. Yeah, the, the odds of that would be very low. Right. So the next task was another kind of simple game like this. They lined up film canisters mm -hmm. in front of him. And they would put, like, a small object in one of the canisters, right? And he had to guess 
which one so had the it's, object it's in it. It's literally like the cup game that like people do to yes, trick you. But they're not like <laughs> shifting it around. They've got like they, six they, or like, seven. They have them blindfolded or something. Or they then, take them out of the room and then right. bring them back in. Yes. He guessed correctly 12 times in a row, which is one in a trillion odds in terms of like the number of canisters they had. That makes me think two things. One, he is psychic. Mm -hmm. Or two, three things I'm thinking. Okay. (laughs) Second, he has a mole that's assisting him. Mm -hmm. Or third, the recorders are just fudging the numbers. What would... They have, like, what benefit would they have? To keep their project going. Yeah. Yes. Yes and no. I mean, this project switched hands so many times. It's, uh... Yeah, but they probably didn't expect that to happen. True. Well, I'm yeah. Just, I'm I just mean, saying it is very outrageous. So it's either he is legit or there's something fishy going on. hmm And later on, there was a review of the project done to see if it, it should still go on mm-hmm. and the people who reviewed it said like the the techniques you used aren't scientific enough i guess so i mean there's no basis for studying psychic ability this time so they're kind of winging it i would assume right and i mean even if they did have like better technology available to them to like kind of actually measure his like brain activity or wherever the source of his power comes from like, what are they supposed to do other than dissect him? And they only have one subject, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'm actually, they have several subjects. I'm not sure if he was the first one, but he was, like, the big one. Sure. So, an interesting thing about this canister experiment. The things that were put into the canister were always something metallic, like a ball mm. bearing. But they they were had metal components. And... Okay. Throughout Sorry. the exercise, there were two times he could not guess correctly. And those were the two times where the objects they put in there had no metallic properties at all. Hmm. So his powers may have been affected in some way by metal. Or, or he had a cheating. magnet on him. Possibly. And they, I mean, the thing is, if, if we're going with the fact that the scientists were not cheating in any way mm-hmm. this was in a controlled area he would have been nude could have been i don't know <laughs> I, I think i mean what you're saying is true and possible definitely but i think that you kind of have to trust a little bit that the scientists were performing as far as they knew clean experiments sure sure there were a bunch of other experiments i'll just go through one more and this was the the big one so the scientists placed Yuri Geller alone into a sealed room. Like sure. it he couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything. He was windowless. He's just alone in a room with a chair, basically. Mm-hmm. In a different room, scientists pulled out a big dictionary and they basically closed their eyes and picked a random word. Okay. When they picked this word, they would draw it or something related to it put it into a sealed envelope and tape it to the door outside of Yuri's room. Now, I think the reason they picked a random word out of the dictionary is because in that way, Yuri couldn't just guess based off of what he thinks the scientist might choose. Sure. Because I imagine that if you if he was good at faking it, he'd be able to to be good at guessing like what somebody might 
Yeah. You no. know, if he, he'd be able to assess personality. They're good, they're good at reading people and can kind of right. draw conclusions from that. Right. So in order to avoid that, they pick a random word. They draw a picture. They stick it in the envelope and they tape it to the outside of Yuri's room. Okay. His job is to duplicate the drawing without oh, having seen it. So he's not even guessing the word. No. He's just got to do the same drawing. Okay. Yes. So he will, he sits at this table in the other room. The scientists are doing their thing and then they go on an intercom and they say, okay, it's ready. Start drawing. If the drawing is matched, they called it a hit. One of the words they selected was fuse, which is hard to draw. So they just drew a firecracker, like a, Sure. A cylinder with a line that represents the wick and then like a flame. Sure. Before Yuri started drawing, the experimenters asked him over the intercom what he thought the image was. Because not the first, only does, well, after the first thing was prepared, but before he started drawing. Yes. Okay. Because not only is he supposed to guess like what they drew, he's supposed to duplicate it exactly. Sure. Like he, they want to know that he can see the drawing without seeing the drawing. Right. According to CIA documents, when they asked him that, Yuri stated that he saw a cylinder with noise coming out of it. And he ended up drawing a drum, which isn't bad. I mean, it's not a firecracker. No, but it is definitely close. Like, if you're just perceiving the image and you don't see the word. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And it, it seems as though he's not necessarily even seeing the image. He's getting like a flash of the essence of the image, if yeah, that makes sense. Kind of, yeah. So the next word they pick out of the dictionary was bunch. To represent that, they just drew a bunch of grapes. Okay. When they asked Yuri what he thought it might be before he started drawing, he said that he saw drops of water coming out of the picture, and then he started talking about purple circles. And then he sat down, he drew, and he drew a bunch of grapes. And not only that, but his bunch of grapes exactly matched the 24 grapes in the bunch drawn by the experimenter. Mm. Not bad, eh? No. This happened a bunch more times. And obviously he was not correct every single time. Sure. There was one interesting time where the scientists had drawn a devil. And Yuri ended up drawing the Ten Commandments, an image of God, and like, other images with like religious connotations suggesting that he was able to like receive like the essence of the message like the the, the idea behind it the idea not, behind yeah. it but not devil one interesting thing yuri geller is israeli which mm. i'm majority jewish right? right yep correct me if i'm wrong because i've never studied judaism but i don't believe there is hell or satan in judaism no satan actually just means adversary in hebrew right so the cia analysts slash scientists um concluded that this might be his inability to see devil may have been a cultural thing like not having grown up with the concept of Maybe. devil. Yeah. But he understood the essence of it as like a religious type figure. It is interesting. It is. It's inter the connection is interesting. So again, he wasn't always correct, but he was correct enough times that the researchers ultimately concluded he had some kind of paranormal perceptual ability. And it's also interesting to note that 
the specific times he did not guess correctly or could not guess, the drawings were done by a scientist that he personally hated. And so he has to have like a good connection to their aura, basically. Right. So when he wasn't able to guess, he'd be like, did, ugh, did fucking Jim draw this shit? And every time he'd be right. Like then the times he couldn't guess, it would be this one scientist he didn't get along with. You, you know what that suggests to me, though, that it could definitely be that where he has to like have a close connection to the person or at least have a good enough relationship with them to actually make this work. But at the same time, it also suggests that maybe there is someone assisting him on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's the people that aren't in on it that are the ones he couldn't do it for. You're ruining the I'm just, magic. I'm of just this. saying both sides sides yes, of the coin. It could be either. You're being too logical. Yuri Geller is a controversial figure. Okay. So I don't know what to think. Let's move past Yuri Geller okay. then. Okay. He was not the only subject. Like I said earlier, there were around 22 some subjects that they had recruited that had shown psychic abilities. Okay. Right? Okay. This was a mix of civilians and military personnel. One of the other notable subjects was a man named Ingo Swan. Ooh. That's a great name, isn't it? He was the one who particularly specialized in remote viewing. Like, Yuri Geller was known for his, like, psychic abilities, but not necessarily his ability to stay in one place and see another place. Sure. This man, Ingo Swan, that was his jam. So, to test him, scientists would drive to a random location. And from the research lab, Ingo would have to draw a picture of what they the other scientists were seeing out there. Sure. So, he kind of had to channel himself into their through their eyes to see through their eyes. And he apparently did really well. At one point, Kit Green, who I mentioned earlier, was like one of the head honchos of this whole project. Mm -hmm. He walks into the hallway at the research center and he just tells the first person he sees in the hallway to write down coordinates to literally any location, anywhere in the world, anything. Okay. So the guy writes down the coordinates. The coordinates were handed to Ingo. So all he gets are these random numbers random coordinates and he needs to describe what those coordinates are and what like what he would see if he was standing there so he closes his eyes he concentrates and he does it he described a circular driveway and some hills and a big american flag and he says he's thinking it's like a military base or something of that nature Interesting. So Kit takes these coordinates to another psychic in the program. And keep in mind, Ingo had not had a chance to communicate to any of the other sure. psychics. So that he just went straight from Ingo to, the, to another person to see what the results would be with another psychic. And this was Pat Price. Pat describes the exact same thing as Ingo, but in even more detail. He claims that what he sees is a former missile test site. He sees launchers, and he can even see that the name of the the site is Sugar Grove. He can see inside a bunker in this military base. He can exactly describe the placement of file cabinets and desks down to place cards written on the desks. Like, it's like he's standing there describing it word for word. So Kit's like, what? 
I'd never heard of a place called Sugar Grove. So he goes back to the the guy who wrote down the coordinates initially and mm-hmm. was like, so what is this place? Like, what are, what do these coordinates take you to? And the guy was like, oh, that's like my cabin in West Virginia. It's, mm-hmm. it's just cabin. Like, I don't, I don't know. what. The, there's no flagpole. There's no driveway. It's definitely not a military bunker. It's just like where I go to hang out in the summer. So... It is, appears so, so that it they're was, wrong. It was wrong, but they both got it matching. Right. Wrong. Which is bizarre, right? So Kit is weirded out because he's like, why would they both come up with the exact same thing? The exact same wrong thing. So he is like convinced enough by these two guys that he gets in his car and he drives out to those coordinates in Virginia. And when he gets there, all he finds is a cabin. Just like random dude's summer cabin in virginia and he's like oh that sucks so he just keeps driving but as he's driving he comes across a giant flagpole in a circular driveway and it turns out that this was a top secret military facility with the code name sugar grove and it was so classified that the cia guy who had written down the coordinates didn't even know it existed next to his cabin. Mm-hmm. But you can just stumble upon it from driving? That's Here's the thing. I had the same thought. So I didn't like have access to a map or anything. They didn't give the coordinates of this military base. Sure. Um, but yes, I had that question as well. But clearly it was obviously that guy didn't drive in that direction if he never saw it. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that they would detect the military base and not the cabin. I guess it depends on how specific the coordinates were, mm-hmm. like how many decimals they go down to. Sure. Kit finds out that the information Pat gave describing that bunker in Sugar Grove was so completely accurate down to the placement of the file cabinets and what the police cards on the desk said that it sparked an actual espionage investigation against Pat Price because either somebody had infiltrated the base and given him that information mm-hmm. or he actually is psychic. Right. Yeah, that was what I was saying the whole time. And you were shitting on me for it. I was saying there either has to be an insider or he's psychic. Right. Well, he passed the espionage investigation. Okay. So they concluded that he was able to remotely view it. So scientists have found these people. They've confirmed that they have some unexplainable abilities. They haven't been able to explain, like, where they come from or how they access them. But they've kind of confirmed, like, yeah, these people exist. Or at least there's something bizarre being accessed that we just don't understand. Sure. So they needed to, like, use these people. Of course. Why not? It's government. Yeah. In 1974... Patty Hearst. That name sounds familiar. Was too. famously kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Yeah. It yeah. was like a big major deal. Apparently, the police in that investigation called in Pat Price and they had him look at a book full of mugshots. Because they had no idea who had kidnapped Patty Hearst. Pat Price like glances through the mugshots and he points at one. He accurately points out Donald DeFries, who was actually one of the founding members of this Symbionese Liberation Army. Hmm. He was also able to describe the type and location of the car that was used to kidnap Patty Hearst. 
He provided other shockingly accurate information. I can't remember. I didn't write this down, but there was another mugshot he identified and he looked at it and he was like something about a wolf, something about a wolf. And and this guy got his tooth taken out without anesthesia. And weird. Yes. It turns uh, out irrelevant information, but I assume accurate. Well, yes, it turns out that the guy's last name in that mugshot was Lobo, which is Spanish for wolf. He had, in fact, gotten his tooth taken out at some point without anesthesia, and he was one of the people who kidnapped Patty Hearst. So it's accurate. They didn't know that at the time. So, I mean, it technically was not particularly helpful in finding Patty Hearst because they knew Donald DeFries was the head of the Liberation Army. Pat Price didn't. But they knew that. Sure. And, you know, knowing something about a wolf and a tooth taken out without anesthesia is not particularly helpful. And they had no way to prove that the car he described was the car that had taken Patty Hearst. He was correct, but they didn't like how are they supposed to use that information? Right. In 1976, one of the other subjects of the project, Rosemary Smith, accurately located a lost Soviet spy plane using remote viewing, and they were able to, like, physically access it. Hmm. Another top-secret mission in Africa. Pat looked into nuclear testing facility, and the stuff that he's able to describe through his, like, visions is eerily spot-on. So much so so that he was eventually just straight-up recruited by the CIA as an intelligence asset. So he was, like, no longer just a project subject he became a cia intelligence officer Hmm. but after becoming that officer mysteriously a couple months later he died like really mysteriously in a completely weird and random way because he was a totally healthy dude and there are a lot of rumors about his death it was like he was poisoned but there was not even an autopsy done because somebody showed up at the hospital and told them that they couldn't do one. So maybe got on someone's wrong side after he saw something he wasn't supposed to see. Could be. I mean, there were people who witnessed his death, and members of the CIA were like, don't talk about it. It was probably just an accident. You know, kind of like Men in Black saying it was just swamp gas. Right. The people who witnessed his death they got like weird, mysterious clicking noises when they picked up their phones, like they were clearly being tapped, um, but nothing ever came of it. We still don't know how he died and he Probably there's never. never will. Yeah, no, we won't. So the psychic subjects of this project, Project Stargate, consulted on hundreds of different events and they were able to provide generally accurate information or information that lined up with intel that the military already had. From other sources, but like it wasn't new information. Their degree of success, according to the military, met or surpassed current intelligence operations. Like they were able to see details of things. And even though they're they're being taken seriously at this point, they're not providing useful information. Right. Technically, they're functionally useless because the military already has ways of accessing this information that are confirmable rather than remote viewing. Sure. So eventually the CIA stops funding the program and it's taken over by the military 
specifically for the continuation of figuring out how these abilities can be weaponized. So when the CIA had it, that was the ultimate goal, but it was more focusing on is this real and what is it? And like determine like how it works rather than just how to use it. Right. So the military takes over and their goal is weaponize. Specifically, can you train people to have these same types of psychic powers? Sure. The answer to that is no. In 1983, the program was under the control of Army Intelligence, and they created a program called Rapid Acquisition Personnel. RAP. RAP, yes. Essentially, the military wanted to see if they could train Army personnel into being able to use the same remote viewing techniques that the test subjects used. And the techniques they used to try to, like, unlock psychic powers in these people were freaking weird. Basically, these trainees were, like, supposed to learn how to access a higher consciousness. by doing drugs and stuff? No. They sit in a circle and hold hands and listen to meditation tapes from level 1 to 21. And they start off like normal, cheesy meditation tapes, right? Like, close your eyes. Imagine this. Over time, the tapes start asking questions in the middle of the meditation. Like, where's the next terrorist attack going to (laughs) be? Who is the next major terrorist? Like, that sort of thing. This did not work, as you might imagine. At one point, though, like the stress and just the weirdness of it caused one of the trainees to have a mental breakdown. And they threatened to kill the director of the program with a ballpoint pen. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Badass. This is obviously not a good look. And the army canceled the entire program, seeing as it was not working. Or at least their tests weren't working. Right. So the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, revived it. But they were not trying to train people. They went back to focusing on studying the existence of psychic abilities. However, in 1991, it comes out in the news that some of these remote viewer project subjects are contracting their services out to other people. (laughs) Which is obviously a conflict of interest in a government project. And this became international news, like international headlines, which is obviously extra terrible because this is technically still a classified project. Like nobody is supposed to know about it. Even though I got to imagine it's hard to keep classified if it's changing hands from department to department to department. Yeah, with more and more people learning about what was happening. Right. So eventually all of this gets to Congress and Congress is like, what the fuck are we spending our money on? Like, what is this? So they order a two month investigation to study 23 years of research. And since two months is not very much time, especially for just elected officials, they did not analyze every single experiment. They took 10 experiments from the final year of the program so of the hundreds of experiments happening over all of the years they're basing everything off of the final 10 experiments the experts that did this like internal investigation 
agreed that there's some freaky shit that happened in these experiments, even mm. in the final year. They weren't able to find outright fraud, but they did say that the experiments probably could have done better and there wasn't any independent replication anywhere else. So essentially, even with all that research, the psychics never gave any useful information and failed to provide concrete scientific evidence for the existence of remote viewing. Sure. Like, I mean, there was plenty of anecdotal evidence from all of these experiments, but there was no like scientific explanation for it. And therefore, do you know if they like actually recorded any of these like on video or anything, especially in the later, like, I mean, obviously they had cameras and stuff in the seventies, but I'm wondering, like, especially later, like into the eighties, they had to have videotaped this. That, I'm not sure. Again, this is a high-level overview. Right. I did page, I mean, there's 13 million documents, so I was, I, I, I paged through quite a few of them. Just to kind of see, like, the, the gist. There is some interesting, like, memos, detailed memos. I read a couple of those. Here we go, I shit his pants again. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. There were too many to sift through, so, like, I didn't get to any of the, like, cool, important ones. Pretty thorough. Like, they took their notes. I think that there's a lot of stuff, minutia, that has to be documented in official government memos. Some of the people who reviewed the program seemed to completely believe in it and agree that, like, psychic abilities are real. Psychic effects are apparent in these experiments, but... Like, we have no explanation for it. Right. Others say they think something's going on, but it's not psychic mental phenomena. It's It's got to be something else. But again, we don't have an explanation for it. Something weird's happening, but it's not ESP. Basically, the opinion that the program was useless won out and the project was shut down for good in 1995. I mean, it makes sense because like this, something like this could always be restarted again in the future. And like, who knows, maybe right now there is a similar project happening that we don't know about. Well, I'm just wondering if the tech wasn't there yet to actually measure this type of stuff. Right, right. Possibly. Okay, so obviously this project became a laughing sack because it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Movies were made about it. I think like The Men Who Stare at Goats or something is based oh, off of Project Stargate. familiar. I've never seen that. Though. Neither have I. There is some compelling evidence that came out of Project Stargate, and we've never had a chance to figure out how or why some people are able to see or experience things that other people can't. And obviously, to our knowledge, the government is not about to fund Massive amounts of research right. into this. Or are they? There's a lot of unaccounted for money in Congress. Well, in 2014, 2014, as in seven years ago, mm -hmm. the Office of Naval Research launched a four-year program to explore the use of premonitions among sailors and Marines. Some of the people who worked on Project Stargate are still working on privately funded studies like that have sprouted from Project Stargate. Clearly, people who saw the project in action or read the whole shebang believed enough in it to continue the research. Obviously, the Office of Naval Research had to have had some knowledge of Project Stargate before 
beginning their premonition studies. What kind of premonitions do you think sailors have? I don't know. Like, just, are the seas will be rough tonight? Yeah, I was just going to say, red, red sky at night, sailors delight. <laughs> That's not a premonition. That's true. Oh, okay. So we never got an explanation about where these psychic abilities came from or what they are, unless you want to believe Yuri Geller's theory that it's extraterrestrial, which why not? Aliens. Let's just say aliens did it. I mean, if, if we are to accept the fact that some people have psychic powers, that's just as viable of a conclusion, I guess, as any other. Right. Okay, there's one random fact that has nothing to do with it, but kind of does at the same time. A weird amount of the psychics, of those 22 psychic subjects that were studied, were Scientologists. Either current or former Scientologists. Uh. Yeah, it's weird. There was one theory that was mentioned that might explain ESP in general, and that theory is quantum entanglement. Yeah. I don't understand it at all. I read an article about it. It's some kind of theory where certain groups of particles are able to communicate with each other, even if they're apart from each other. And that's why people might be able to see locations they're not physically at. They're it thinking can, like birds have well, extra. Right. And I was going to say, uh, not only does it explain remote viewing, but it could explain talking to each other psychically too, like telepathically. Mm. So maybe that's why those two subjects were able to uh, come up with the same coordinates as well. Like maybe one actually saw it, but the other one was just kind of reading the aura of the first guy and explained the same thing. That would make sense if the second one was less detailed than the first one. True, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, the the science went way over my head. My eyes glazed over. I'm sure it was very fascinating, but at this point I had already yeah. been reading about Project Stargate. That's so. getting into like dimensional physics and I mean, yeah, that's very confusing. Yes. So, I mean, I'll just throw out that was offered as a potential explanation to be studied. Sure. But um, I think there's a little more viable things that could be gained from studying quantum mechanics versus. Right. Yes. Remote I mean, they did in the article I read, it was interesting. They said that birds, there is a theory that birds have some sort of quantum entanglement situation going on in their eyes that allows them to view Earth's magnetic field, which assists them in their migration. migration. Yeah. That was an interesting tidbit. Yeah. I've, I've heard that too. I mean, there's no proof behind that, but that's like a theory. Right. So that's Project Stargate. I glossed over a lot of it to just give you a broad overview. Clearly, you're a hater. Um, I'm not a hater. I only hate Yuri Geller. The rest of the project was actually very convincing, especially okay. since... Well, there's 12 million pages. Right. How much do you... I don't know if you ever saw this, but I wonder how much like funding went into this over I the decades. Obviously enough that it would be brought to Congress's attention. But at the same time, it was only 22 subjects. It's not like it was a large-scale operation. Right, and clearly they weren't using super high-tech equipment. <laughs> they were right. using a dictionary, and an envelope, and a well, piece of paper. They were shoving it from agency to agency. <laughs> right, so, so I mean, the, it, the, it was divvied up by agency. So there could have been a ton of money spent on it, but just like little bits by a variety of different departments. Right, just kind of like the surplus that they may or may not have. Right. 
So you get the gist, and the gist is that psychics could be real, and they could be looking at you right now while you sleep. Or you could be one. Or you could be one. And if you are, please write to us, podcast at nerdsloft.com. That would be cool if if anyone has had an actual psychic experience, whether it be, you know, remote viewing-esque or... Or are you a medium? Have you seen ghosts? Spirits. Tell us your tales. Do you talk to Odin? Yeah. Fill me in. Well, I have a couple uh, quick things I wanted to talk about here. First, I found this post, and the reason I found it is because it's kind of like trending right now because we're close to Halloween. But this is actually like a really old article. This is from 2014, actually. But I thought Colin would enjoy it. An unemployed British man from Portsmouth was arrested April 29th and later fined after pretending to be a ghost near mourners at a grave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. While a nearby family was paying their respects to a lost loved one at Kingston Cemetery, a drunk (laughs) 24-year-old, Anthony Stallard, was throwing himself backwards, waving his arms around and going, Ooh. Oh my god, why do I feel like drunk Chris Coney from Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom Oh yeah, totally do this? <laughs> and um, basically, he was just being an asshole at a cemetery, and he was drinking, and he was fined the equivalent of 58 US dollars. That's it? For this? Like, well, I mean, like, the thing is, what did he really do other than be an asshole? Point. Honestly, yeah, that's... It's terrible and disrespectful, but I would get a chuckle I from mean, it. He was he was arrested, just you know, I'm sure while they like tried to figure out what was happening. I'm sure but it's he just didn't like public drunkenness time. or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Um <laughs> I did find one other thing, and this is a little spooky, but I also just found it very interesting. So this comes from NPR um last month, October August twenty-seventh. Scientists discover fossil of a four-legged whale with a raptor-like eating style. What? So, a team led by Egyptian scientists have dug up a fifth or a 43 million year old fossil in the Sahara Desert of a now extinct amphibious four-legged whale. The authors of the study say that this creature had unique features of the skull and that its mandible suggests a capacity for more efficient oral mechanical processing. So in other words, these whales had a strong raptor feeding style and not only could swim but could walk on land. How, how big we talking? Um, I, I thought that same thing, too, and it doesn't state that in this article, but they have an illustration of it eating a sawfish. And I'll have Colin quick look at it, too. But it's bigger than the sawfish, and those are pretty big. Metal. So I imagine it's probably the size of, like, an orca, maybe. But it also has four legs and a giant, like, snout with teeth. That's gross. I thought it was so fascinating, though. It looks like a cryptid. Honestly, it kind of looks like the hodag, but with a long face instead of a, <laughs> like a short face. But the and this isn't I mean, this isn't really spooky, but the this is actually a fascinating discovery because it's like a missing link in evolution. Why would orcas exist? Yeah. And like, you know, other whales, dolphins, too. It's Just weird. Except for orcas are dolphins. They're not whales. Right. Just saying. In case cool. The more you know. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Proud of you. But yeah, that's that's all that I had today. Uh, keep an eye out for that cryptid. If it still exists, it's cryptid. Oh, oh. That'd be very scary. That'd be scarier than a shark because it can chase you. Land shark. Um, yeah. 
Land shark. <laughs> um, so if you come across any stories that you find in the news, or if you have a personal story that you would like us to read on the podcast, send it over to us. You can send it through Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or at NerdslothHQ. Or, like I said earlier, you can email us at podcast.nerdsloth.com. Write a little spooky in the subject line. We would love to hear your stories. Send us your pics. Send us your psychic evaluations of us. Read our minds. What am I thinking right now? Send it over. Can I guess? <laughs> sure. Boobs. Boobs? Yeah. No, man. I was thinking about mellow cream pumpkins. They look like boobs. They do kind of look like boobs. Ooh. <gasps> See, I'm getting it. I'm getting the basic aura. Ooh, the basic aura. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next week, and I will have a tale of my own to share. All right. So we're glad to be back. We'll talk to you in a week. Bye. We love you. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.